0: Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to discuss an article from the October issue of the Beef Watch Newsletter titled Strategy of Stalkers Influences Hot Carcass Weight. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author, Aaron Labry, who's a Nebraska Extension Educator based in Furnace County. Thanks for joining me today. Of course. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Aaron, this is an article that originally appeared in the Progressive Cattleman magazine, and you recently updated it for the Beef Watch newsletters coming out in October. This article is really a summary of some research done at the University of Nebraska looking at different backgrounding, growing systems, tracking cattle all the way to harvest, and then coupling that with use of implants at these different times, especially looking at different rates of gain in the backgrounding system as well as the summer system. Uh, Just share with us more about the research that went into the article you wrote, and then we'll talk some about how this might have application for producers thinking about using this data.
1: Certainly. Well, Erin, I think a lot of this research really um, stems from the questions that we get often when we think about the growing phase, because as we know, one of the benefits is there's just so much flexibility um, and, and just a variety of different ways that you can grow cattle's. Um, But with that comes some challenges as well. And so just some of the the common questions we often get is, you know, what is an optimum rate of gain? And then what implants should be used throughout that growing phase? And then ultimately at the end, how do these management decisions impact finishing performance and carcass characteristics? And so as you mentioned, um, this study specifically uh, by UNL looked at uh, wintering steer calves, in a dry lot for 148 days, and they were grown either at one pound per day or two pounds per day gain. And then those calves went on for a summer grazing period where they rotationally grazed smooth brome grass pasture for 56 days. Uh, On the implant strategy side of things, the calves received one of three implant strategies, which are on label when we think about with some of the re-implantation procedures that we have now. These are all on label with those new regulations. And so what those three groups were, calves either received no implant, they received a Revlar G during the summer grazing period, or they received a Grow during backgrounding, a Revlar G during summer grazing, and then all of the cattle received a Revlar excess during the finishing phase. And they were all harvested at a common uh, fat endpoint of 0.6 inches of back fat.
0: So I think that's really important just as we look at these different systems is understanding as we look what happens in terms of carcass performance, uh, these cattle were harvested at a common endpoint in terms of back fat. So it wasn't days on feed, but it was based on what was their carcass back fat based on ultrasound at the time prior to harvest.
1: And when we, we think about that winter rate of gain, we saw that those that were grown at that lower rate of gain, they did Um, have greater gains on grass than through a compensatory gain, which would be expected. Um, But the interesting thing is those grown at that higher rate of gain, they maintain those heavier body weights uh, through the summer grazing period and actually on through finishing as well and ended up with greater hot carcass weights.
0: Let's back up just a little bit and talk about the growing phase, because I think for some folks the low growth through the winter phase is something they often use on crop residue or native range. There is some questions often we get around, should I put an implant in a calf in a winter growing, slow growth type program? What would the data from this research indicate in terms of how that question might be answered?
1: Yes. So this data would be consistent with what we've seen um, in other studies as well, and and just supports the idea that if, if those calves are uh, gaining around that two pounds per day, you are going to see a greater performance and get more out of that implant. Um, whereas those calves that were grown at that slower rate, again, the one pound per day, not as much benefit, I would say, out of administering that implant.
0: And also what was interesting then is looking at, as you mentioned already, what happened with these cattle when we went to grass. You already said that those cattle wintered at a lower rate of gain, did have some compensatory But it by no means made up for the extra weight that those cattle went to grass on the two pound program versus the one pound as we look at the entry into the feed yard then after the summer grazing program.
1: Exactly. And even during the summer grazing period, um, the use of the Revlar GM plant, it increased gains as well, regardless of winter rate of gain.
0: I think the real thing that got my attention as you looked at this data was the difference in hot carcass weight at the end. Just kind of walk through with us the difference that was seen among the different management practices and, and the value of that.
1: Yeah. So for those steers that were grown at the lower rate of gain, um, they did get a, have an additional 28 pounds of hot carcass weight uh, that was attributed to that Revlar G given during the summer grazing period. Um, But for those steers that were wintered at the higher rate of gain, they had an additional 32 pounds of hot carcass weight, which was really attributed to that row grow during the backgrounding phase. But um, looking at that combination of of the high winter rate of gain and the implants given during each phase of production, ended up with an increase in hot carcass weight of 75 pounds. So, I mean, that's huge.
0: Yeah, I think the thing that jumps out to me then as we look at this is as you think about your implant strategy, obviously you want to think about what's my end target with these cattle. Am I going to market those after the grazing period? Uh, maybe in you know if you're on a short grazing period, maybe it's mid July on, or am I going to retain ownership on these calves? What's the value of the additional pounds that I put on for using the implant versus not putting uh, the implant in? There's some systems questions to be thought about through with this as well, as you consider how you think about growing and marketing these cattle.
1: I would agree, Aaron. And I think sometimes that's a challenge uh, when we do research in in this growing phase is there are so many different systems out there. But yeah, when it really comes down to you, you just got to think about what what feed resources you have available, uh, what facilities you have. And then like you said, uh, when do you plan to market those cattle and just looking at that cost of gain versus value of gain on those calves.
0: So Aaron, again, this was a research study done at the University of Nebraska that you summarized, and that can be found at the beef.unl.edu website in the Beef Reports. Thanks again for joining me today and for summarizing this research. Yes, thanks for having me. But for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Wash podcast, you can find the article that Aaron wrote. It's at the beef.unl.edu website. And as we mentioned earlier, The research that was done and was reviewed for this article can be found in the Nebraska Beef Reports.